So let me take everybody behind the scenes of how this works. I have a whiteboard in what's supposed to be my office, but it's just a whiteboard. (laughs) It's just a whiteboard. It's just a whiteboard in the chair right now. Nothing else. And just a bunch of junk. We're still working on it. It's just a chair. (laughs) With With a random whiteboard on the wall. And so I write down my notes for what I want to talk about on the pod. In the upcoming weeks. Now, behind the scenes, <laughs> what kind of madman just sits in a room on chairs That's just unfortunately the office isn't done yet, so that's what I gotta work. Fucking madman! You're a fucking madman. So don't bother me. I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't work it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's another great day to discuss other people's excellence. I'm the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming, and if you see that, if we decide to keep the recording, uh, we won't. This, this has been an episode of Life's Philosophy with Brett and Charles. Yeah. Anyway, this we're just two guys that like BS and at work. We we don't have a lot to talk about today, but some major stuff has happened, and two not so major things have happened. But I I, I got a lot to say. So Charles has some. We're gonna say his two piece real quick, and then. I got. I, I actually got notes, people. I actually got notes. Okay, Charles is usually the one that's prepared. I'm just be winging it. So just, I wanted to make sure I had everything I wanted to say written down so that I don't talk too long, but I also get everything I need to say off. So go ahead, Charles. You say what you got to say first. So as you guys know, if you've been listening to the pod the last few weeks, that I've been constantly exposing Brett as the bad guy that he is. Every time the Giants get smacked and embarrassed, he's the first one to call about football or just mention football. We're going, oh, are the Giants losing embarrassingly right now? You don't want to talk about it. And then finally, finally, the Giants win. Not just win, beat a division rival. (laughs) And the caucasity of his executive privilege, the first thing on the rundown is, are we sleeping on the Eagles? Are we sleeping on the Eagles? Are we sleep? The Giants just beat the Eagles. The Giants, not only did the Giants beat the Eagles, the Eagles didn't score more than seven points on the Giants. But are we sleeping on the Eagles? I don't know. If Daniel Jones doesn't throw any touchdowns, three interceptions, and less than 200 yards, if somebody go, are we sleeping on Daniel Jones? If, if Daniel Jones gave the ball away like three, four times, are we going, hmm, I think we're sleeping on this guy. If the defense can't really stop the Giants, it's just the Giants aren't doing that good still because they just fired their offensive coordinator. Are we sleeping on that team? I want to know what strain were you smoking when you first thing you typed after Sunday was, are we sleeping on the Eagles? Like, what the fuck? You ready? Yeah. I'm actually glad that's actually perfect because that, that's what I was going to say anyway. So let me take everybody behind the scenes of how this works. I have a whiteboard in what's supposed to be my office, but 
It's just a whiteboard. (laughs) It's just a whiteboard. It's just a whiteboard in the chair right now. Nothing else. And just a bunch of junk. We're still working on it. It's just a chair. (laughs) With With a random whiteboard on the wall. And so I write down my notes for what I want to talk about on the pod in the upcoming weeks. Now, what kind of madman just sits in a room on a chair and scribble? That's just, unfortunately, the office isn't done yet. So that's what I got to work. Fucking madman. You're a fucking madman. So I write down the topics and we have our little notes and I text them to to Charles about what you know I want to talk about. A lot of times we don't get to everything because you know I'm long-winded, he's long-winded, we get off topic, we BS at work, which is we're always on brand. You get it. If you thank you for you know tuning into the show. So a lot of times. You leave topics on the board because you say to yourself, okay, well, maybe next week we can still talk about it. I mean, either a team has won two in a row, two or three in a row, or they lost two or three in a row. We're going to talk about it. And quite frankly, right when you're about to say, oh, don't worry about it, we'll talk about it next week. Something happens that just completely destroys what you were going to talk about. We had a bye week and half the topics that I was going to talk about on that bye week that we were going to do. I was like, oh, trust me, that's still going to be a thing next Sunday. No, all of them, done. I think the Panthers won that week. I think the team that was winning got destroyed that week, and something else happened that week. And I'm just like, okay, great. This Eagles thing was something I was going to talk about last week. They had won three out of four. Jalen Hurts was balling. Now, Charles made a great executive decision. And he said, yo, it's Thanksgiving. Like, fuck, like, what's going on right now let's just talk about thanksgiving shit and i said you know what that makes sense especially since we were running we had we were mad busy that week so by the time we even talked about it it was like late wednesday maybe even thursday i can't remember so we're like yeah let's talk about football let's just talk about thanksgiving as usual i kept what was on the board on the board because if it was still relevant we would talk about it next week now to this giants game that he is talking about Yes, the Eagles lost. Jalen Hurts probably played the worst game of the season, maybe of his young career. Definitely of his young career. Like you said, not only did he throw interceptions, he threw three of them. Not one, not two, but three. That second interception he threw was just atrocious. You you can't do that. You're down 3 nothing. You're on the goal line. It's three seconds left. He's running, 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 running around, running around. There's nothing there. He tried to force it in there, and it was a pick, and it was picked off. End of the half. Dude, I understand he's still technically a rookie because I don't think he's even played 17 games yet, but that's a play in high school would get you benched. In college would get you benched, let alone in the NFL. You have got to know in that situation, you throw the ball away, live to kick the chip shot field goal, and, and go into the half tie three nothing. Instead, he forced it. It got picked off, and they were down three nothing. Which, by the way, came back to haunt them because on the final drive of the game, when it was seven to thirteen, it could have easily been ten to thirteen. They were in field goal range, but they had to go for the touchdown because they needed a touchdown to at least tie it. 
if they if they hit the extra point, they could have won it. But had they kicked the field goal at halftime like they were supposed to, it might have ended up a different scenario because you can at least kick the field goal and play for overtime. Now, in on that final drive, and let me just make sure I have everything. Yep, three, four going in Sunday. This third pick, second pick was unacceptable. Okay, got it. On that final drive, first and 10 from the 32-yard line or something like that, Jalen Rieger streaking down the, the end line, hits his freaking helmet and pops up and almost got intercepted, and that would have ended the game right there. Great okay. defense. Yeah, great defense Phenomenal by the Giants. Defense. Phenomenal defense by the Giants, letting the dude run right past you, on, not even like on a stop and go, on just a regular go route. Psychological defense. He right. was never going to make that, that play. And he, and he drops. Okay. Okay. Second and 10 goes by, third and 10 goes by. Now here, I'm watching the game. I'm sitting there on fourth and 10. I said, do not throw this into the end zone because it was going to be like a mini Hail Mary. Not, you know, not a real Hail Mary because it's only from the 32, but it's still basically a Hail Mary play. You're, you're hoping for a miracle, right? Rare. Uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm saying like, bro, they're giving you 10 to 15 yard cushions. Like, take that, get the first down. There was, only, there was still 25 seconds left. You could have gotten a first down only taking like four or five seconds on the clock. It would have been still been 20 seconds left. And on first and 10, I probably would have done that again. See if they give me the 10 to 15 yards, get another first down. Now it's first and goal from inside the 10 with only like 15 with 15 seconds left. You probably would legit, legit get another three chances at the end zone. And it's a much easier scenario than trying to throw up a 32-yard Hail Mary pass on fourth and 10. But the Eagles went for it. And I'm sitting there saying, no, 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 no. The play worked. The play worked. He threw it. And there was a guy wide open in the end zone, went right through his hands, dropped to the ground, game over. And it was the same Jalen Rieger that two plays earlier dropped another would have been walk-off touchdown. And the funny thing about it is when I had the Eagles on my board two weeks ago, I was saying then one of the things I wanted to talk about was they have three first-round picks. Three, not one, not two, but three. And two of them are going to be in the top ten. Matter of fact, let me pull it up real quick. While you're pulling that up, let me just remind everybody who Jalen Rager was taken for uh, before in the 2020 draft. The, the selection right after Jalen Rager, everybody, is who some of us had as Rookie of the Year in Justin Jefferson. Not to keep going, or is that a sufficient list of of how bad the Eagles fucked up selecting Jalen Rager where they did? Oh, I'm, I'm gonna get to that. Let me okay. get to that. As of right now, if the if the draft were to happen today, and obviously there's so many much more time left, but if the draft were to happen today, the Eagles would have the eighth and ninth pick in the draft. It's actually funny. It would be it would be Lions, Texans, Jaguars. Then it'll be Jets four and five, Giants six and seven. And then Eagles eight and nine, and then the Panthers at ten. So it's it's I, I kind of hope it ends up that way because that would that would be a really ridiculous. Not, not for nothing, we might have to go to the city just to experience that chunk of, of picks yeah. <laughs> over that course of time. Yeah, this all it's the three local teams just all picking back to back to back to back to back to back. And it's like, and, and like I said uh, to the people that sent this to me, I said the sad thing about this is at least one of those teams are still going to get it wrong. One of those teams are going to draft back-to-back busts, and it's going to be insane. 
So right now, the Eagles have three, and, and the Eagles fan that sent, sent me this said, well, if we don't fire our GM, it's going to be us. And I said, mm, yeah, because like you said. Right please, back at you, challenge accepted. <laughs> but like you said, the Eagles took Jalen Rieger over Justin Jefferson, over T. Higgins, who was taken in the second round, over Michael Pittman, who was taken in the second round. Claypool. Over Clay Chapel, Clay, Claypool, who was taken in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, no hate on, on Jalen Rieger. You're, you actually are a pro. And, and I don't think you're as hated as uh, Evan, Ingram, Evan Ingram is when it comes to a player that drops the ball all the time. And he almost got an interception in the game. So that's why I bring him up. But look at who was selected after you and where the Eagles are picking. Mind you, as a Giants fan, I'll never forget the feeling of, holy fuck, they're going to get Justin Jefferson. I'm going to have to see Justin Jefferson twice a year in those ugly green jerseys, and then, boom, you'd pick some kid out of TCU. And I'll never forget that because I was texting with a Vikings fan who was just like, holy shit, no way. Like, he, he was even like, yeah, I don't hate the Eagles. You know, that's cool. He's going there. So I'm not as mad, yada, yada, yada. And then they fall to him, and he should have been rookie of the year, you know, quarterback bias and all. But him, but seeing Jalen Rager drop that, if we're a fan of the Giants, who this is ironically one of our only wins this year is over the Eagles, that's ironic. But every time Daniel Jones is bad or, or Saquon Barkley is hurt, we got to hear about the, the selections and how he drafted and all this other shit. And I, it just feels good that in one of a win like that, not only did we win, but we got to do that to the Eagles and now all this bullshit is just being talked about with them. When they, when like what you said, where the fuck is this praise coming from? Why do I have to respect this fucking team? They had a dynasty a couple of years ago. Oh, we have to look out for the Eagles for the next couple of years, and go. Like yeah, you were you were hyping up that bullshit hype train. I remember you fly Eagles fly all at work all the damn time. Where's that at now? Carson Wentz is doing so good for the Eagles. Oh wait. MVP my ass. Anyway, there's some other shit that you wanted to talk about besides this garbage ass. And I'm not done with this Eagles point. Those first two picks, I think they should go defense and or offensive line, depending on who's the best player available. That's what they should do. With that third pick, I think they have to go wide receiver. I think they have to. This team. So so out of their top three or their three first round picks, D line, O line, whichever one works out to be the more, uh, you know, Important pick, I guess, but you definitely think they should go wide receiver. I I agree. I don't think with any the, Eagles fans with that third pick with that third pick. And, and but here's the, here's the one problem with that. Like the quarterback class, this is not the greatest wide receiver class. It's not terrible, but it's like in. Eh. And I think with that third, depending on where that third pick is, I feel like only one wide receiver will be gone by then, and that would be Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. He's kind of separated himself from everybody else. But if they get Chris Olave or um, I can't remember the kid's name from USC. He, you know, he's still there. If those two guys are still on the board, they, they have to really consider it because again, even before last game, I'm looking at what they're, what they got going on and Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith have a nice little chemistry going on when they run the ball with Miles Sanders. I don't know why they don't, but when they run the ball with Miles Sanders, they have a nice young running back in Miles Sanders. And, it, and I'm looking at the Eagles and I'm saying, wait a minute, and when, and when I said, are we sleeping on them? I didn't obviously not for this year, but I'm sitting there saying like, wait, they got three picks. If they get it right, this draft, this is a team like the Bengals that could kind of 
make a run maybe next year or two years from now if they have their quarterback of the future, obviously their number one wide receiver in Devontae Smith, and then another guy, either Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson or this kid from USC as, as that second dude. And then, like I said, use those other picks on O-line and defense. Man, that, that, they could be they could be scary. They could be scary. And, and like I said, I said that two weeks ago when they were winning. And then when they should have won last week, despite the fact that they played so bad poorly, and Jalen Rieger not, dropped not one, but two walk-off touchdowns in the same drive. I said, Oh yeah, they got I said, Oh yeah, they got it, they gotta go wide receiver. They gotta go wide receiver. Now the problem is, depending on what that third pick is, if I here's why I get nervous, especially if I'm an Eagles fan, which thank God I'm not. I would get nervous if the top two guys are gone. Because now you're really asking your GM, and we're assuming that the GM will still be there because we don't know, right? Now you're asking your GM to once again make a decision on wide receiver, and we know he's not good at that. He kind of lucked into Devontae Smith, although Jalen Waddle is playing well as well. He kind of lucked into Devontae Smith because Devontae Smith was the last guy left, right? You know, I, you know, Jamar Chase was gone, Waddle was gone, Pitts was gone. And the Eagles kind of took that approach of we'll trade down. Somebody will be available to us and we'll take whoever that guy is. And because Tua actually had a better relationship with Waddle over Smith, the, the, the Dolphins decided to take Waddle over Devontae Smith, who I think is a better wide, overall wide receiver. But it's worked. It's worked for it's worked for Jalen Hurts. It's worked for the Eagles. But again, Jalen Rieger over all the guys that I just named, all the guys, and, and it's not even a hindsight thing. If you were, if you remember going into that draft, the Higgins, the obviously Justin Jefferson, but the T Higgins of the world, the Michael Pittmans of the world, uh, they did a reach got, in a wide receiver heavy draft. They somehow figured out how to do a reach, which is amazing yeah. because that was that draft, like what you said, most of the people we named was late first, early second round. So the fact that we were naming second rounders that we consider just to be better than Justin Jefferson. And like you said, at the time they were considered better than Justin Jefferson, not Justin Jefferson, Rager. Like it goes without saying, but you have a lot of things you want to bring up with the college game right now. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I'm going to get to that. And I think, let me, let me just make sure my notes. How many Eagles notes do you have? They lost. No, no, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. Like I said, they, third, that third pick, they got to really consider wide receiver, but I'll only do it if only one receiver is gone. If two or three are gone, I wouldn't touch it because I don't – if I'm a GM, sometimes you got to know your strengths and weaknesses. If I don't trust my scouts and their ability to tell me who's a good wide receiver or not, don't do it. You know what I mean? Just don't do it. Like, figure something else out. If, if like I said, if only Garrett Wilson is gone and you know for a fact, and that's the one good thing about this draft, we know for a fact who these guys are in terms of pecking order. Okay, Garrett Wilson's gone. Chris Olave or the dude from USC, whichever you like better, pick them. That's it. Don't overthink it. That's it. Don't even try to scout anybody else. These are the three guys we're looking at. If those three guys are, are there, we'll pick whoever we think is the best out of those three. If they're not there, we're not even looking at wide receiver. That's what the Eagles need to do. But that's all I wanted to say about the Eagles. The only thing I want to say NFL-wise before we get into college football, because college football is, like, really big right now. Hey, do, you have, do you have any uh, other pro points? My bad. Yeah. Staying in Pennsylvania – 
My Steelers got their ass whooped. I'll, I'll admit it. You know what so I mean? What was the score? It was a lot to a little. That's what the fucking score was. That, uh, that's what the score. Who'd I would. Who would you? Who'd you, who'd you even play? Like you, we were playing our division rivals in Cincinnati. Cincinnati Bungles, and they oh, the Bungles. Bungles and them Bungles gave us a good old fashioned AFC North ass whooping. That's what they did. You told you welcome to the jungle. I, I I'm not afraid to admit it. They whooped our ass. It's a they new had, day. It's a new day for who day. That's exactly what the hell they said on Sunday. And because they whooped our ass, here we go with the Steelers fans. Fire Mike Tomlin. It's time for him to go. He sucks. He's overrated. Blah, blah, blah. The standard is standard. Blah, blah, blah. Coach speak. Blah, blah, blah. Hold everybody accountable. But we're going to hold you accountable. Get rid of Mike Tomlin. Please get rid of Mike Tomlin. I'd like Mike Tomlin on my team. Here's what I need to tell all those Steelers fans, including my father. <laughs> we play this stupid game of, oh, let's get rid of him, let's get rid of him. We forget the part. Who are you replacing him with? Fine. You don't like what Mike Thomas ha- has done? I get it. It's been a decade since he's made a Super Over a decade. Well, no, yeah. It's been a decade since he's made a Super Bowl. I get it. He's eight and eight in the playoffs. That's not that great anymore. You know, especially since the last couple of years, he's been one and done. Cool. I understand that we lose to teams. We have no business losing to every year. Cool. I understand that we haven't even been to the AFC championship game since I think 2015, 2016, I should say. Okay. I understand that. Fine. Get rid of him. Who are you bringing in? Give me the name. Don't tell me Bill Belichick. Cause that's not going to happen. Don't don't tell me I don't even know who don't, don't tell me John Harbaugh because that's not going to happen. Who are you bringing in that's going to be better than Mike Tomlin? Because let me tell you something, and it's not just the eight and eight. He's never had a losing season. Shit. Let me tell y'all something. People act like they can do what Mike Tomlin does. They can't. Because let me let me let me, let me, let me make sure I got my mother effing notes. Because this is a I'm this is the topic I really wrote stuff down. Because I wanted to make sure. Go off, bro. I'm over here. Have. Like I hope you fire him. I'm, I'm I'm saying as a as a Giants fan, please, please fire Mike Tomlin. Okay. So people think that oh, being a coach is it being a coach is that okay? Fine. Mike Tomlin may not be the best X's and O's guy. Mike Mike Tomlin may not do the greatest in game adjustments. That's Bill Belichick. He's the strategy guy. He's the X's and O's guy. He's the greatest at figuring, uh, you know, on the fly adjustments in game. That might not be Mike Thomas' strength. And people are going to say, well, Mike Thomas is a rah-rah guy, and that's all he is. Cool. Cool. You know what Mike Thomas does better than anybody else? And I mean anybody else, including Bill Belichick? He figures it the fuck out. That's part of being a great coach, too. And we don't want to admit that. But that's also part of, you can give him, he's like MacGyver. You can give him a pack of gum, a rubber band, and a, and a paper clip and say, figure it out. He'll figure it out. It might not be pretty. It might not be the way you want it to be done. It might not take as fast as you want it to take, but he will figure it out. Most coaches can't do that. Most coaches, when they lose their quarterback, can't win a game. Most coaches, when they don't have a defense, can't win shit. Most coaches can't do when, – when this person's out or that person's out, most coaches can't do that. Mike Tomlin has proven over and over and over and over again, no matter how bad the situation is, 
He will figure it out. Is it going? Are we winning championships? No. But Steelers fans, I keep trying to tell y'all, we have not had a championship caliber team in a decade. You want to know why we haven't gone to the Super Bowl in a decade? We have not had a championship caliber team in a decade. And don't give me the killer bees. We had no defense. You cannot win without a defense. And now that we have a defense, our offense isn't good. You can't do it. The dude two years ago was 0-2 with our Hall of Fame quarterback out in the second game of the season with a blown-out elbow. We had Mason goddamn Rudolph, fucking reindeer Rudolph, in our as our, as our, our quarterback, and our backup was Duck Hodges. So we had Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Duck Dynasty as our quarterbacks, and we still went 8-8 eight eight after going 0-2. Don't tell me that's not a good coach. Don't tell me some other, somebody else is doing that. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're lying. Who are you going to get better than Mike Tomlin? Oh, well, if we can't get Bill Belichick and if we can't get John Harbaugh or whoever, 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 we'll get one of these young guys. We'll get one of these, these young hotshot offense coordinators. That, that Give me the next Kyle Shanahan. Give me the next Sean McVay. Cool question. What fucking titles have any of those guys won? Oh, I'm sorry, none. Oh, they, no, no. McVay doesn't he have like five rings? No, Kyle Shanahan. No, he. No, he. Well, he Shanahan ain't had a winning record, right? It, it, Kyle, no. What? Oh, huh, no. They have to no, because that's what everybody wants, right? They want the young offense coordinator with the with the cool system and everything's all great. Don't don't they don't those guys win it every year? No, they haven't won one yet. Oh, why is that? I'll tell you why. Because they're the opposite of Mike Tomlin. They are system guys who, if the system isn't working 100% effectively, they cannot win shit. We've seen it over and over and over again. Let, let the Rams not have an offensive line and can't run the football. They're not winning the game. We've seen it. Let the 49ers lose their, their starting quarterback or not have a healthy offensive line. They can't win a game. We've seen it. Let, let even Cliff Kingsbury... Uh, let, let them not have every, all the pieces that they need. They, it's hard for them to win. We've seen it. Cliff Kingsbury at least is the one that seems to be like he's looking more and more legit. But he does have a good team, so it's he has a great. He has a great team. But okay, they're nine and two. This is the this is the most balanced team they've ever had. Before it was literally Kyler Murray running around in circles, make a play for me, bro. Like, and they weren't winning. They were exciting to watch, but they weren't winning. And so they don't win when the system, the Browns. Oh, my God. Uh-oh, don't let their running backs be out or the offensive line not be as good as they need to be. All of a sudden, they suck, okay? Now, I will say this. I've been complaining that we don't have a number one wide receiver and all this other stuff. I will say that you get one of those young offensive coordinators. If the system works properly, we can have good receiving play, even with that group. We, you don't necessarily need a superstar receiver to make that work. Okay, so there's pros and cons to both, right? Let me be fair. But again, that's if the system is working, per, not 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 well, perfectly. It's all about the system, and if the system don't work, they don't know how to win. And because of that, here's something else that they have to do. They're very expensive to maintain. These are expensive systems, bro. You could drive around a hoopty that gets you from A to B and doesn't cause you tr- problems, or you could have a really souped up car that. Oh, all right, I saved all the money to buy the car, but bro, now you got to maintain the car. 
It don't take the same oil your other car has. It don't take the same gas your other car has. When when you need new brakes for this car, the, the brakes alone cost way more than what your old car was worth, okay? This is a high-maintaining system. The Rams don't have number one picks because they got to trade from every year for veterans. The 49ers tra- trade trade for, for veterans all the time. Like, this is this is what they have to do to maintain what they're doing. And by the way, none of them have still won a championship, by the way. Very high maintenance system. So it's a system that doesn't that has to work when it's 100 percent effective, which is football is never going to be 100 percent effective. Injuries are literally going to happen every year. And then you got to have high high priced uh, replacements. This is the Steelers. We don't do that. We don't make these blockbuster trades. We don't sign high price free agents. We do everything old school by the draft. Not, not, not just because it's old school. We don't have the money that the, the Stan Kroenke's of the world have. <laughs> the Steelers, Steelers, Steelers are a mom and pop organization. They're not. They're not. They're, <laughs> now, granted, yes, I'm talking about multimillionaires. I'm not saying they're poor. But what I'm saying is, when you're comparing them to L.A. and San Francisco. In Atlanta, or who, or, or I'm trying, or 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 the Arizona, and everybody. No, they don't have the same money that those other teams have to just spend like that. To to spend on high price free agents and to trade all these uh, draft picks to get high priced veterans, and we don't do that. We do not. We do not do that. So you bring in one of those guys, that's not even going to work because you're not even going to be able to give that coach what he needs for his system to be effective. So again, Steeler fans, be careful what you wish for. You get rid of Mike Tomlin, you better pray you get it right. And my dad did make a good point. Of, well, who was Bill Carroll before they found him? Who was Chuck Noll? Who was Mike Tomlin? Cool. I'll give you that. The Steelers have found a way to find the guy for the next generation every single time. Okay, they're three for three. You better pray that they're four for four. You better pray. You better pray that they're going to find some hot shot no name court, probably defensive coordinator who's going to be the new guy. You got to pray that that's it. And I don't think there's, I don't think that's going to happen because the way we play football and the way we run our organization, we people don't just do that anymore. I think that's the problem with the Steelers. Now the Bengals whoop, have whooped our ass three straight games. You know why? Cause Juju Smith-Schuster is dancing on their damn logo and disrespecting them. This ain't the Marvin Lewis Bengals. This is a new team. So they don't, I found the list of uh, uh, teams, NFL teams by network net worth. Do you want to know where the Steelers rank in that? Sure, go ahead. I'm sure we're up there. Where, where do you think the Steelers rank among all the teams in the NFL, Mister Mom and Pop Shop? We might be top five because of the Steelers brand, but what I'm saying is, so how? Wait, hold on. Before I actually tell you. If you say you might be top five, you understand that you can't say you're a mom and pop shop and you can't afford it like the other teams. That, okay, but this is what I'm trying to get you to understand. Understand how these owners work, right? Stan Kroenke's a multi-billionaire who just happens to own a team. That team is his plaything, right? Uh-huh. The Steelers, literally, the St- I, 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 I would be willing to bet the the Steelers franchise is part of the main business of the Roonies. Obviously, they have another business. That's how they bought the team. That's how their family bought the team in the first place. But Okay, and just for clarity, the Steelers are 14th. And this is from this year, August 2021. 
on their fourteenth. Oh, I thought they were top five. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm calling you out on your own bullshit. <laughs> and their operating income is twenty four and a half million. Just to just to say what the uh, list says, one up, so thirteenth overall is the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. and their operating income negative thirty three and a half million. That's just crazy. You know what I mean? Like like negative. The Seahawks, 12, negative operating income. The Texans, 11, negative operating income. The Eagles, 9, negative operating income. The Bears, 7, negative operating income. The Niners, eh, 6, negative 45.4 million. Ridiculous. And then, you know, the top five, the Giants, negative operating income of 12.5 million. Only one of the top five with a negative operating income. Even the fucking Washington football team is, is making money. So, but yeah, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like some of these some of these owners, their bankroll is bigger. Like that's the difference between like a Steve Ballmer and a, and a Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like Michael Jordan like has a billion. Steve Ballmer has like. 40 billion. That's a huge difference. I'm just curious. And now people are going to be like, so what are the net worths? Steve Ballmer net worth. Yeah, I mean, St- Steve Ballmer is one of the people at Microsoft. 105 billion. Okay, I said 40. He's 100, he has 105. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's a difference. So the Clippers can go all. Michael out. Jordan's 1.6 billion. Good right. Lord, man. Right, and that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. The Clippers can go all out and get free agents and pay the luxury tax and everything. Michael Jordan can't do that. Even if he wanted to, he can't do that. That's what I'm saying. It's different for different teams. I I, I thought I honestly thought the Steelers would be top five because they have the national audience. They, they are one of the biggest brands, not just in football, but in sports. But, okay, for, like 14, that makes sense too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. That's my. It's, it really is mom and pop. A lot, and a lot of the NFL is mom and pop too, like more than any other league. I would think. Like they're, you know what's uh well I don't know I don't know how baseballs ran so I don't want to you maybe maybe not baseball but way more than the NBA for sure. But I have a real question, and it's, a, it's actually a good segue because I've been wanting to ask you it. Yeah. So I don't pretend to act like I watch college football religiously every Saturday. I don't pretend to act like I know all the, the movements of the coaches or the inner politics between the, the conferences. None of that bullshit. I don't, I don't pretend to know any of it. But I do know that the college football season isn't over yet. And I was getting notifications that the Sooners head coach went to USC. Obviously, this is news. And I look at the rankings, Oklahoma is 13, 10 and two. They just lost one game. What the hell is going on? Yeah. So two major stories and they're very similar to each other. Lincoln Riley to USC, Brian Kelly to LSU. I'm going to break down the Lincoln Riley thing first. Yeah. I'm talking about Um, Lincoln Riley. My bad. Yeah. And, and Bart and Han said this yesterday, and Bart Scott made a good, great point. Like, yo, if we're going to do this, if we're, th- if we're saying it's okay for a coach to leave a team literally before they even know what bowl game they're in. By the way, Notre Dame for me is even worse. Notre Dame can actually make the playoffs. They need some, they need some help. You know, they, obviously, and, 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 he, and he left for LSU? Yeah. 
Alabama needs to lose. Michigan probably has to lose, and Cincinnati has to lose. But all for the first time in like like forever, in almost a hundred games, Alabama's not even favored. It's like the first time in ninety three games. Um, so, oh, so yeah. that's supposed that's supposed to happen. Uh, Michigan can always get upset if Iowa's not a bad team, and Cincinnati like they haven't been blowing teams out all year. They could get upset. So. This dude, so Brian Kelly left Notre Dame, and they might have they might be in the college football playoffs, depending on yeah. what happened. And Lincoln so, and Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, just I just hearing some of his numbers, it, it's something crazy. He's like one of the he got the most points per game in college football over the last 40 years or 40 games, not 40 years, 40 games. He's only been there for seven years. Uh Riley is a combined 55 and 10 in five seasons at Oklahoma, including a 37 and 7 Big 12 record and a one and three bowl record. Prior to the COVID-19 uh 2020 season, 2020 season, the Sooners never lost more than once during the regular season under Lincoln Riley. So it's a big pickup for uh, US. By the way, the 55 wins is tied for third most all time in somebody's first five years of coaching. Yeah, and isn't it the most for Oklahoma? It's tied for the most with Bob Stoops, ironically, the guy that the guy that he replaced. And Bob Stoops will be coaching Oklahoma for their bowl game. So here's just a bridge. And Bart Scott made a great point. If we're gonna allow coaches to do this, we should never, and I mean ever, complain when a when a kid who's about to go to the NFL says, I'm not playing the bowl game. Because if we're setting this precedent that it's not about the team anymore, it's about the individuals and we're going to do what's best for us, screw the team at the end of the day, stop killing these players for doing that. Man, go to the next step. Stop killing the players every chance you get. I saw this, and and my first thought was similar to what you said, so I'm piggybacking. I don't disagree at all. But – and I guess to show my cards politically – I don't think the the manager should be able to do that level of of shit, and the workers shouldn't. So you're you're going to criticize the workers for picking a better situation middle of the year sometimes, and going, I'd rather work over here. And you're, now you're going to say, well, they're not workers, they're not professionals, they're amateurs, yada yada yada. This isn't amateur money we're talking about. So you're telling me that if a kid. And just in any other profession that's not sports, if you transfer college in the middle of the year, you can just do it. Like if you want to, if you want to go from Oklahoma to USC and, and you're majoring in political science or engineering, you can just do it. Just go. And, and, and no one's going to tell you, oh, that's illegal. You can't go to class and, and, and do anything in that state because you were doing something in the other state. That sounds insane. But when it comes to college football, this was a, not even a quarterback. A kicker was leaving the college before Weeks before the ball game started, he wouldn't be able to play. He wouldn't. They wouldn't be celebrated. He'd be, he'd be quitting on the team. You, this is not what you signed up for. You're setting a terrible example in the locker room. All this other shit, holding children essentially. Because sorry, they're young men at most. They're still kids at least. Like holding kids to higher standards than these grown ass men making ungodly source of money, sometimes from the state. It's literally state money that they're getting paid. By the way, speaking of that, Brian Kelly's making $95 million. Uh, Lincoln Riley's making over 100 Lincoln Riley, USC's about to pay for both his houses in Oklahoma with $500,000 over what they're worth, and they're going to buy him a new house in L.A., and he gets private jet privileges whenever he wants for his family. And I just want a down payment on a house, bro. 
I'm just a college. I, I was just a college student at one point. If I, if, if you coach a college sport, apparently you get everything in the world. Not every sport. We know that. I'm just kidding. And, and, right. Right. And by the way, the money aside, here, here's my, here's the funny thing about this. Right. So Lincoln Riley did some interviews and he said, well, you know, uh, to me, this, here's why to me, it just doesn't even sound right. According to him, he got the call like literally right after the Oklahoma State game, which they lost. And the next morning he woke up and was like, yeah, let's do this. And I'm like, wow. So he made a decision that big, that fast. And he also says the first time he's ever been even approached to coach somewhere else. I'm like, so nobody's ever called you for another job. Not the Cowboys, not the Cardinals, not nobody. Nobody's ever called you for another job. Okay. Interesting. Nah, hold on. Hold on. I just got to say right there, and this I'm just being 100, because I, I think I, I watched the Herd interview. So if you watched the Herd interview, you heard what I heard, too, when it comes to Bob Stoops. And he said that. And th- this is why I was thinking to myself before we came on here, why the fuck am I even bothering listening to this guy talk? Because both of those, bullshit, bullshit, because everything that's in those contracts are so specific that it would take more than the time you said to think that you actually thought about it just to actually say all these terms and agree to them. If you're having a conversation with your family, like uprooting entire lives level, like his kid was born in Oklahoma. He has two kids. There's a lot of things to decide. Don't get me wrong. Somebody's throwing the bag at you and your family and, and, and it works so well, you're going to do it. But at the same time, it's, it's the same shady college football bullshit that, that, they, that, that we're, they just feed us and expect us to believe because we're the stupid public. And, and football is so complicated, we just can't understand all the inner machinations and inner workings of the sport. And by the way, nobody's ever approached you for a job, but yet Saturday night you were getting pissed because they were talking about rumors of you going to LSU. And so you weren't lying about that. You went to USC and not LSU. But those rumors came from nowhere. Like, you never got a call about LSU either. Like, come on, man. Stop it. So that's the only bullshit I'm, I, I have for that. Tons of bullshit, bro. Tons. And, and so and here's, and here's the thing. To me, I look at this as a lateral move. I really do. OU is a top job in college football. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm a Sooners fan. You can call me biased all you want. OU is a top a top job the only the only reason why i might put usc over lsu i mean uh, over oklahoma is because of the nil factor and the fact that it's la other than that i'm sorry if you're taking everything into account the history the blue chipness of it all and and and, re- and relevancy now I'm sorry, Oklahoma's a better job than you. Yeah, I, 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 I first thought it was a step up as a casual. I mean, completely as a casual. But even then I thought, I was just like, but it's Oklahoma. Like, I kept coming back to, it's kind of like, even if the, the, the Longhorns job, that's still a top job. Like, I, like again, I know there is not, it's more history than right now, but we just read off the stats of right now. The, the, the Sooners are good. It doesn't even make any damn sense. And you're and like, I get you want might, might want to do your own legacy. I understand that the most if that you just like, I don't like riding with Bob Stoops light. Like, like I'm forever the Bob Stoops, Bob Stoops inherited, and I'm never going to get my own credit. I can understand that part of it. But at the same time, you just did this on a whim is what you're telling me is the truth. You're telling me that you, you got a call, you said yes, and now you're there. You abandon your team after the very first phone call you got is the truth that you want me to accept. 
Right. And then That's I'm right. the bad guy now if I question your judgment on anything because that makes less sense than telling the truth that you're always getting courted and this one just actually you actually like the deal. It was too and, good. And, and not only only always getting courted, let's be real. You did not want to be in the SEC. It's just that simple. That's why you left. Because, again, the USC thing is a lateral at best move. It might even be a downgrade if you can't recruit well and uh, while you're there. So you didn't want to be in the SEC, which I get. The SEC is hard. The SEC is hard. You're going to be in the West. You got to compete with Nick Saban and you got to compete with uh, uh, Jimbo Fisher. And you got to compete with Kirby Smart and you got to sit there and you got move all around the country because you you have to go to the depths. You got to go to the depths of Alabama and the depths of Louisiana and the depths of Mississippi and the depths of the Carolinas and the depths of Georgia. And, and now you're depth- just worrying about Stanford and Oregon. Right. And and with USC, and, and, I, and I'm going to get to this in a second because this might be a pro, it might be a con. All you got to do is recruit California and California is it's in itself a hotbed. Well, so- well to be fair, me and you, often talk about why can't Rutgers just recruit New Jersey and we could be more competitive. So the idea that you're just going to turn the Trojans into a Cali football team, I'm from Jersey. I like that idea. Like, And and, and that's what I'm going to get to because it's a pro because it's a little bit easier. It's a con because especially at USC, he has to do that. He has to do that. Even even more than Oklahoma and Texas. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But here's what I mean by that. Oklahoma and Texas, yeah, they want you to keep. And I think, and I even then, I think it's more Texas and Oklahoma. They want you to keep the Texas kids. Like it's not one thing to be good. You need to be good with the with the local kids, right? But even then, I think you have a lot more room for for other things. Not at USC, bro. Not at USC. It's one thing to be good. We talked about this on the pod. Uh, you know, like well, it might have been our second ever pod this this season when the, with the Mike Tomlin rumors about USC and everything else. It's one thing to be good, but you got to be sexy and good, and you have to be sexy good with local California kids. And it makes sense. It's LA. There's local a lot kids of- and kids that like uh, Hawaiian, Samoan, all, all the Pacific Islander kids. Yeah, all, like, all the all, basically all the West Coast. It's got to be all West Coast kids because there's a lot to do in LA. There's a lot to do on a Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. If, if you want people to really show up, not only do you have to be good, not only do you have to be winning, but you got to do with people that these guys grew up watching in high school. Because, you know, they follow they, they, football is big in California. They follow it. They follow high school football. They, ha- they follow college football. So that you got to have the local guy be the face of it. Not necessarily with Oklahoma and Texas. Like, they just want you to be good. If you're doing it with you know, Texans and Oklahomans as the face of your franchise, then, you know, obviously that's a cherry on top, but they live, breathe, and the football is religion down there. If you're good, they don't care who is running it. They'll, they'll watch. And, and USC is different because I remember when uh, Reggie Bush, and I just wanted to check on the year so I can kind of get the right year of high school th- that I was thinking about. But I was like a freshman, sophomore when Re- Reggie Bush was at the top of college football. And when he was, he was getting with Kim Kardashian before she was a household name. He was absolutely became a superstar overnight. He and USC was everything you said to a high school kid. USC looked like I can't imagine 
that environment at 14 years old. And, and, and to think that it's like, it's like a three, four, five year difference away from these ages and the experiences going from, in some cases, small town California to the equivalent of Hollywood in sports. And USC is that. So it's a lateral move in the sense that OSU is good football without the bullshit. And then you're inheriting all the bullshit without necessarily good football in the current state of USC. Because USC and UCLA, even when they're bad, gets ratings and national ratings, not even because me and you have stopped and watched that game in the last couple of years. And it's not like we had any type of emotional investment in that rivalry. So it's, it's, it's interesting, but it's, it, it, the timing pisses me off. Like I would be cool with this. If if the bowl games were happening, these teams were were not in the bowl and they were just making their moves for the future. Cool. You know, like everybody's over, but the season's not even over and y'all dipped on your team. Yeah, well, here's the problem with that, right? The problem is, and they talked about this, the problem is because of the way recruiting schedule is, you got to make these decisions now. And even if it was, yo, I'm going to go, I'm not going to sign nothing until after the bowl season, it's going to leak out anyway. So now you got a team that knows you're not even all in with them. So it's, it's better to just leave now than to kick the can down the road. But at the end of the day, you know, it, like I said, my only thing is fine, but then don't get mad when these kids do it. Don't sit there and, and be a hypocrite and say, oh, it's all about the team. But then when you have an opportunity, you leave. Even even what, like I said, in Notre Dame's case, you can literally be w- waiting to be in the college football playoff. And Oklahoma, the Oklahoma situation, their season is basically done. No, like Oklahoma, like Alabama, they don't, they don't care about playing the Sugar Bowl or something. They want to play in the college football playoff. Yeah. So, so, you know, I understand. And no disrespect, because we and you do watch those other bowls. So it's kind of right. weird. You say, when, no one bowl. cares, but I barely watch, and I watch those 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 no one cares yeah. bowls. So, right, and it's one like so. Yeah, Oklahoma could still probably be in the New Year's Six Bowl, but they had championship aspirations, so that's a letdown for for a lot of those kids. And, and I, I, bowl, bro, that's where it's at. And I, I just think Lincoln Riley just did not want to be in the SEC. SEC. Brian Kelly, however, he took on the challenge. He said he was in a very similar situation with OU. And, and oh, last thing about Lincoln Riley with USC, I, again, I get it. Instead of being in the SEC, I can dominate the Pac-12. I'll win the Pac-12 South every year for sure. Maybe out of his Oregon or Stanford in the in the Pac-12 championship game every year. If we beat them, we most likely will go to the college football playoff. And we'll probably get stomped in the first round, but still from where USC was to where I'm about to take him, I'll be a legend, right? And it's interesting because Brian Kelly was in the same position at Notre Dame that Lincoln Riley was at OU. Notre Dame, independent, good every year. We'll make the playoffs every now and again. They made it to a, a they made it to the college football final one year, got stomped. Um the, or the championship game got stopped with uh, with Matai Teo, whatever his name was. The dude Manti Teo. Yeah, Manti Teo. That's his name. The dude that got catfished um, as a cat jumps on your lap. Um, <laughs> what's up, Sasha? Um, and it's funny. He's like he's probably like Lincoln Riley will, would be in another decade from now. Like, bro, I'm tired of just you know making the playoffs. And I want to try to win. I'm gonna take on that challenge. So for him to go to LSU and say, I want to be in the SEC, I want to compete on the recruiting trail and get the best of the best and have to go through Alabama every year just to make it to the college football playoffs. To me, that's that's that shows a lot of heart. 
because that's hard to do, especially when, again, where he was at US at Notre Dame, he could do that for the rest of his life. He's already a hero for turning around Notre Dame. And I think, uh, like I said, but he was at Notre Dame for 12 years. Lincoln Riley was only at o- Oklahoma for five. So he's so, been at Notre Dame since the Sandusky scandal. Yeah, just about, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he, so, so he, you know, he kind of had his feel of just being good. Like, I, he took on a challenge. Now, to me, I think it's interesting only with him because Ryan Kelly is a hell of a coach. And I mean, Duke can coach his ass off. And he's a winner. He's proven everywhere he went. LSU, to me, is just such a weird fit for him because – get the move. Um, like, for everything you said, man, I, I just – that's the lateral move to me. Like, what's you, – you have your college football legacy. You're, you are create, – you're, they're there. Just keep playing this season. If, if Notre Dame was to win – and I don't mean win the whole thing. But if they make the college football playoffs and ball the fuck out, there's a whole other generation of Midwest kids that are most likely going to go to that school. But but I I, I can see for him, again, he's been in for 12 years of wanting that new challenge and wanting uh, a chance to, you know, make that upgrade. And I commend him for it. I just... I just find it weird because LSU is just a weird state, man. They had less miles eating the grass, and he was the Mad Hatter and everything else. Then you had Ed Ogeron, who sounded like a Pokemon. You couldn't even understand what he said. And but all the only thing you could hear him, only thing you could understand him saying was "Go Tigers, Go Tigers." That's all he said. And now you're getting Tigers. And then you're going with Brian Kelly, who. You know, he looks like he belongs in Boston or Notre Dame than LSU. You know, I, I just don't know how is he going to relate. Boston. No, seriously, I, he he looks like he would be coaching the Celtics, not the not the Louisiana State Tigers. Um, and so for me, is how is he going to relate to these kids? He yeah, his resume is solid for sure, but I, LSU, you got to have a little bit more swag to you. Now you could say Nick Saban won there. You, you literally your your whole argument for for Kelly is he ain't got enough swag to coach LSU. No, no, seriously, there, there's a charisma you have to have at LSU. Yeah, you're just saying the same thing again. But the, the, okay, okay, um, he don't got it. He don't got it. I I, th- uh, I mean, again, I I just think I just think I'm not saying he can't do it. And Ryan Clark, who's from Louisiana, and who went to LSU, he already made the joke like, look, man. We get it. His food gonna be bland as hell. If you if he wins, we won't care. We'll season his food for him. And there's been so many jokes on Twitter of him at uh, they have him <laughs> smiling at, at at a at a uh, restaurant in New Orleans. I'll take a poor boy sandwich, please. Like you know, I mean, like there's already hold the spices, hold the spices, and, and, it's, and it's po boy, but he's saying a poor boy sandwich, please, and. And so the jokes are already there because it's the most awkward fit I think I've ever seen in my life. Brian Kelly, who again, he he's no poor boy. Hold the cheese and please don't make it spicy. Uh the Ben, the Ben Gays or Ben 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 whatever. Yeah, can you the relax? Can can you uh, relax on the powder, whatever that thing is? I, I don't want to smoke crack. I just want to, I just want dessert. <laughs> so that what is a grit? <laughs> like, why are you throwing beads at me? I'm confused. But like, oh my god, that woman is on on, on clothing herself. 
But it's, it's funny because I thought he was the perfect fit for Notre Dame. And I just think he's just a fish out of water with LSU. But again, the man can coach. If it was any other team, I would say, yo, that's a brilliant hire. I just don't know if he's going to be able to recruit because I just don't know if he's going to relate to those kids. I just don't. Uh, if if But if he can, I think they're going to win. I really do. I think he – now, I'll put it to you this way. If he would have went to Oklahoma, I would say, oh, that's a brilliant hire. That's perfect. I, LSU, that's going to be interesting. And what's next for Oklahoma? I don't know. They're talking about Cliff Kingsbury. I don't see how Cliff Kingsbury leaves unless the unless the Cardinals just completely collapse this year. I just don't see how, why he would leave the Cardinals when he's finally got that thing going. That's silly. To me, Dabo might, might want to consider Oklahoma. Again, when I think of top 10 jobs in, the, in, in college football, Clemson's not one of them. Let, let me be very clear. Clemson was a run-of-the-mill, regular-ass school before Dabo got there. He's made them a powerhouse, but something tells me if he leaves... Deshaun Watson and, and, and them boys, as some people would say. Yeah, like, yeah, like, I mean, you know, if you're Dabo, Oklahoma might sound really good. That's that's a step up. I, I had to write it down because I'm like, because, again, Notre Dame's a top job. LSU's a top job. Oklahoma's a top job. USC's a top job, which is another thing that's weird. I don't think we've ever seen this where, like, coaches are basically making these lateral movements. It's usually a guy going for, like, so, again, for Notre Dame, a lot of people are saying Luke Fickle, uh, who's at Cincinnati, who beat Notre Dame. That would be a step up. We're going from Cincinnati to Notre Dame. Yeah, that makes sense. That's usually what you see. And if you see a guy at a top program, they're only leaving for the NFL. Because where are you going to go when you're already coaching LSU or Alabama or Texas or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, that's weird. So I, I just wrote down the top 10 football generals. I got Alabama and Ohio State. And I think they're a, a tier above everybody else. Maybe not head and shoulders over everybody else, but head and neck over everybody else. Then I got USC, Oklahoma in that order. And at five, I have Notre Dame. The more I think about it, Notre Dame plays nationally every single week on NBC. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not even a Notre Dame fan. I just don't. I, I don't hate know. Notre Dame, but I, but you got to admit, Notre Dame's a top job in college football. Then I have. So, so pretty much Brian Kelly said the Tigers job is too good to pass up. Well, obviously. He signed a 10-year, $95 million contract. Yeah, that's that was too good to pass up. Exactly. Yeah, that. But I, again, I get I give it to him. That's a that's a major challenge, bro. Because like I said, that's not just that's you're you're having a harder. Well, and some people say it's not as hard now because he doesn't have to have the academic standards that Notre Dame uh, handcuffed him to. Okay, true. But you're but even if you can relate to the kids, you're still competing directly now with Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher. Whoever else, Dabo, because Dabo gets you know, a lot of. You ex- know what's funny, and we got to wrap it up soon. But you just, I just had an epiphany. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's not only because the bag, ten million. I mean, ten years, ninety-five million. That's good guaranteed money, guys. So I'm no hating on that. But from a football standpoint, like we're trying to talk about, maybe that's what he wants. Maybe he feels like I'm not getting the respect I deserve here at Notre Dame. Not from the Notre Dame fans, from college football fans. And if I go here. I can kick all these guys' asses on a regular basis and prove I'm the best because we do forget sometimes that the coaches do think like that. They literally think they have, they know better than everyone else. That's what I'm saying. I, it's mad respect for me because that that that's that's some kahunas to again. He had a great job where he was. So now I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna get in the mud. I'm I'm gonna figure it out. 
I'm gonna fit when Lincoln Riley said, "Hell no, I'm I'm going back to a cushy job." I, like I said, I, I really just think Lincoln Riley said, "Yo, I had a good thing here with the Big 12. I don't want I don't want to go to SEC." Kelly like, left Notre Dame as the winningest head coach in program history with 113 wins in 12 seasons, including vacated wins. Yep, that's crazy. That's that's a great honor. That's a great honor, and that's what I'm saying. Like I I much respect to Brian Kelly, bro. Seriously, because that. That is a shocker to me. Lincoln Riley bolting right when they go to the SEC. I'm like, okay, that tells me who you are. But again, Loki Brett's a US UCLA fan now. Loki, he's gonna start cheering for UCLA hard. Well, listen, I like I said, I get it. I get it. He's he's like, bro, what the hell? I because here's my theory. My theory is Texas wanted to leave the Big Twelve for SEC and Oklahoma realize if Texas leaves, there's no point of us staying. So we have to leave. I don't think anybody at Oklahoma wanted to leave, especially Lincoln Riley. They ran the big 12. Like, why would you leave that? Like, that's stupid. You know what I mean? But so real quick, I got my, I just said my top five. The, the rest of these were kind of hard because it's depending on who you ask. I got LSU six, Texas seven, then the rest of the eight through 12 are all question marks. Cause to me, I think you could interchange them from where, wherever I got FSU, Florida state, Miami, Georgia, Michigan, Florida. Like to me, those are the top 12 jobs in college football. And you could kind of interchange. Miami's probably, probably on the bottom of the list these days. Cause that's, that's one where it's a location thing more than a who, who? Miami. You said, yeah, my, I mean, my, the reason why I said Miami, cause they do have the history. And and it's hard, see, and that's the thing. It's hard for me because you got to consider everything. Like especially nowadays, like these kids don't care what you did in the eighties and nineties. Like their parents were probably out. Of well, well, I know you were a little bit younger, but there was a more recent successful Miami team in the eighties. No, 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 I, no, no. I'm not not. I'm not just talking about just Miami. I'm. Talking oh, okay. About, I was I'm like, how, bro? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about all. But that's why I said my. But that's why Miami was was nine because I remember. I remember in the early 2000s they were still good. Beast ass team. But that's. But my point is, if you're, you know, some of these schools like you know Texas hasn't been relevant since Vince Young was there. USC hasn't been relevant since Pete Carroll was there. Michigan. I mean, if they didn't win uh, on Saturday against against Ohio State, congratulations, Jim Harbaugh, for finally getting that monkey off your back. There's some schools that like swear they're still creme de la creme, and it's like, eh, are you really? Well, are Michigan's really? different because they're literally just trying to be the best Michigan team ever. So Harbaugh, I don't know. I'm also a Harbaugh fan. I really do like him as a coach. I just feel like he gives a shit about his team, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. And, and I thought about Penn State, but I'm like, I feel like that. I, I really feel like the Joe Paterno scandal really. I don't know if, if that's a – and I looked at it like if I'm a coach, if I'm a, if I'm a coach and I could get any job in the world, what, what job would I – besides Rutgers or OU? Because obviously that's my personal bias. But if if any school say, yo, you're, we think you're the best coach, we're going to give you a blank check, where would I go? And I honestly – some of these schools, I'm like, yeah, I feel like some of y'all are living off of your history and you're not that good now. And Michigan's one of them. Like, they're okay. Like, they're good. But, like, yeah. Yeah, like you can't even beat Ohio State. Like Ohio State runs the Big Ten. Like Texas, again, Texas, you have some some muscles to flex because you have your own channel. Like it's not the Big Twelve channel; it's the Longhorns Network. That's wild. So that's sure. So you've already proven that y'all are who you think you are, 
even though you haven't been good in a long time. Notre Dame, same thing. So it's it's and that's why I put those schools definitely in the top seven. Some of these other schools where you can't really say that, it's like uh, Miami. I was I don't know why I was mixing up uh, Kelly for somebody else after Paterno when it came to Penn State. So that's my bad. But earlier because it's because I don't want to get sued by anybody for even saying the name Paterno the wrong way. Like <laughs> so, my bad. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I, Oklahoma, I'm hoping they get a great coach. Because they're in the SEC now, I would think somebody was would want to go Oklahoma. I mean, again, to me, that's still a blue chip. That's still one of the best jobs in college football. Like I said, I, I think they should go after Dabo. I think Dabo would take that. His team, and it would be the perfect time for him to jump. To jump. Clemson's not as good as they once were. Um, you know, Caleb Williams, I, Williams, I think is still at Oklahoma and he's, he was only a true freshman this year. He was a beast. You know, who could take the Oklahoma job, who? A, a NFL coach that just decides to leave a situation or gets fired too early named Man. Urban Meyer. Yeah. Yeah. He, he already said he doesn't want to do it. I, I believe him. I like, always believe coaches. No, no, no. I, I only the only reason why I believe him is because I think his ego won't let him leave after one year. No, no, I don't I, think it'd be his ego. His ego. I think it will be uh, him getting his well, ass fired. Well, if he gets fired, yes, I think he's definitely going to take the Oklahoma job. But if he doesn't get fired, I think he's going to want to try to try to make that work in Jacksonville. I I do think his ego would would want him to, you know what I mean? Like, would not want to walk away from that. Although I do think he's a better college coach than a pro coach, but that's just me. Um, I'll take Urban Meyer as an Oklahoma fan. Like as much as I don't like him personally, I'll shoot the man can coach and he can recruit. I'm like, please come to Oklahoma. Right. So all right, bro. Anything else? Nah, that's it. We're good. Get all those notes you had. All We're right, good. tell them they can find you, bro. They can find me at Never for Bright Me, N-E-V-A underscore the number four B-R-E-T-T underscore M-E on Instagram and Twitter. And if you were if you're watching this, you saw me chuck my cat off at least two or three times and she just jumped right back up. She's been purring in my lap this whole time. So if you're watching and you're wondering why I keep turning, it's just strategic because she's literally just purring up against me, say for most of this time. So yeah. <laughs> but you can find me at not the Chuck D Instagram, Twitter and all the socials we're at the underscore dope blog on instagram at the dope blog all one word on twitter www.thedope.blog you can find all our stuff at and if you're watching this on youtube please like share and subscribe we really appreciate it we love you guys and join us next time as we continue to discuss other people's excellence unless we leave the pod midway through and just decide the other one can finish the rest of the season. Oh, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, let a major network call me and give me the bag. You're like, hey, Charles, I know we're, I don't care if we're mid-recording. I will turn this laptop off and be like, yeah, I'm out. I'll sell you right now for, for some cheese fries. <laughs> right. hey, they're trying to, they're trying to give me a new house, Charles. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get a house. You right. that, I'll, I'll try, oh, I already know Charles will leave in a heartbeat. Let somebody write him a blank check. I will never even hear from Gone. him. Gone. <laughs> oh, he's not going to sell this. Oh, bye. <laughs> the dope blog. Yeah, I remember that. I remember uh, when I sold that. I, mean, I, I hope I'm a blurb one day. Like, can you believe this only sold for this much? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> sure did. <sighs>
Zylon's really nice. <laughs> I'll talk, talk to you later, bro. Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working.